0: It's another episode of the Let's Go Eat Show. Hi, I'm Bill Allred, and uh, today, well, this time, I should say, and it, well, when I recorded it, it was today, uh, talking to a couple of actresses uh, about a play. The play is called Hellman vs. McCarthy, and uh, it's about the inventor of mayonnaise. No, Hellman's mayonnaise. No, no, never mind. That was a terrible joke, and I'm sorry I made it. Uh, it's about Lillian Hellman and Mary McCarthy. Uh, you may not know who those two are, famous literary people are well by the end of this interview on the let's go eat show you will know who they were uh it's a play coming up uh being put on by pygmalion theater uh and it opens on february 27th uh and um goes through uh, middle of march uh, you know support theater support live local theater Uh, We have some great acting talent in Salt Lake City, and uh, these two uh, women are uh, certainly among uh, that that great talent pool. Uh, Reb Fleming, uh, one of the actresses, is someone I've known for years and years. I acted uh, with Reb uh, back many years ago when we were both students at Weber State. Uh, She's a terrific actress, uh, a beautiful redhead, and... uh, Um, A fine human being all around. Uh, And uh, nice to meet Barb Gandy. I've seen her do some work here in town. She also does just a great job. Uh, Theater. It's uh, something I wish I did more of. It's, of course, what I was trained to do. Uh, It's what I thought I was going to do with my life when I got to be a big boy. It's what I wanted to do when I was a big boy, when I grew up. Uh, but then I ended up being a guy uh, doing radio and interviewing people. And, you know, I'm pretty damned happy with that. But it's nice to talk to people about the theater and then occasionally do a little acting uh, myself, which, which when I get the opportunity to, I do. But I, never, I don't audition for things anymore. Um, because when I do do some acting, um, it takes an awful lot of time and an awful lot of work uh, being an actor is is not easy, and when you try to do it along with doing a, a radio show like I do, it, it man, it's awfully hard. Uh, so I only do uh, acting when people offer me acting roles. Uh, so if you're a director out there and you want to offer me a role, chances are I'll do it just just to do some acting. But I won't audition. I can't audition because. Then it seems like I'm just asking for trouble, asking for extra work. But if you, if you come to me and you ask me to be in something, chances are I'll do it um, because I love to act still. Uh, anyway, uh, here I am talking to a couple of actresses uh, on the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, I hope you enjoy this interview. Um, I enjoy talking to actors, and um, I hope you enjoy listening to it. Uh, also, right at the end of this, I tell a, a, a story about Dick Cavett. Um, I met Dick Cavett once, and uh, I, uh, in telling this story, a very profane word gets used, uh, because Dick Cavett used it when I met him. Um, so be, be, be looking forward to that at the end of this interview. Uh, I want to thank uh, Corey O'Brien. He'll produce this show, I do believe. He'll get it all ready and get it up online so you all can listen to it. So thank you, Corey. And I uh, also want to thank my son Dylan uh, in New York. He'll have a little bit of a hand in uh, producing the show as well, probably uh, getting a couple of things online for me. I also want to thank uh, Daisy Blake. Uh, she's the one who uh, brought this uh, show to my attention. Uh, Daisy is uh, a local Actress and um, producer, and you know, a PR person, and uh, former roller derby gal, and uh, all-round good egg. So, thanks, Stacey, for uh, bringing uh, this show to my attention. Hope you enjoy the interview. Here it is: the Let's Go Eat show. Hellman versus McCarthy. Oh, oh, oh. I almost forgot. Thanks to the people at 50 West uh, Club and Cafe for giving us the nice coffee and uh, water and cookies. Okay. Now, here it is. Let's go eat. Uh, you, uh, you know, I'd, I, uh, I'm i trying to remember if I ever saw Dick Cavett talking to these women. I know he interviewed uh, Lillian Hellman. Did he interview these two women at the same time? Never. No. Never. I did. Okay.
1: Invited them, but they neither neither of them responded to the invitation, particularly once the dispute was right. underway.
0: So uh, uh, let's uh, tell people where we are and who we're talking to. Uh, Dick Cavett. People, you know, a lot of people listening to this aren't even going to remember who Dick Cavett is. Right. So we need to set a lot of background here. But let me introduce my guests here on the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, I've, I'm here with Rebecca Fleming, who is a friend of mine from uh, many years ago. Uh, I acted with Rebecca in some plays at Weber State then college quite a long time ago, <laughs> uh, uh, which was great fun. And uh, uh, what was the what was the name of the play? Improvisation was the name of the play, was it? I believe it, it was. Uh, and. Um, uh, and then uh, we also have with us Barbara Gandy, and uh, Barbara is—I I don't know—I've seen Barbara in stuff uh, <laughs> over the years. I don't. She's just got that, that face where you go, "Oh yeah, I've seen I've, you." <laughs> uh, You've—How long have you been acting in the in Salt Lake and around? In the, Salt
2: Lake, so, oh, since like nineteen eighty,
0: yeah, or so. Uh, and how? Where Where are you from?
2: I'm originally from Denver. But I moved here in the late 70s. I lived longer here now than I lived in Denver. <laughs> uh,
0: and why did you move here?
2: To try to get into the dance program at the University of Utah, which I failed to do. You
0: did not get into the dance, dance right. program. I, you know, for some reason, your microphone is just not picking up very oh. well. Would you just get as close to it as you can? Barbara? I will. Is oh, this better? You. Yeah. That better? Yeah. For some reason, that one's just being really fussy today, so just get real close to it. Uh, so you got into the, uh, so you didn't get into the dance program, but you, you just started doing theater. Well,
2: my degree actually was in theater with a minor in dance, but dance was my passion there, more than theater. But when I got here, just over time, you get to know people and start reaching out, and and there so,
0: and, and uh, uh And, and uh, they're in this play that uh, Pygmalion Productions is putting on, and it's, it's called Hellman. Versus McCarthy. Uh, Lillian Hellman, Mary McCarthy. Now, I know Lillian Hellman better than I know Mary McCarthy. I know Lillian Hellman from uh, a playwright, Little Foxes. Watch on the
1: Rhine, Children's Hour. Children's
0: Hour, yeah. Uh, Dealing Often dealing with uh, homosexuality in her plays. Yes. Children's Hour, starring a young Alan Seuss. As I remember, uh, on the, in the original Broadway production, uh, and then uh, uh, Mary McCarthy, I only know from my mother. I remember reading a, a, a paperback novel, Mary McCarthy, The Group, The Group, which was this very controversial novel at the at time, the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a group of women, and that's really all I know about it or her. Oh,
2: okay. And then
0: I know I know knew something about the two of these women. Uh, not liking each other mm-hmm. and uh, exchanging n- nasty, vitriolic words about each other all the time, but I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so so who wants to set up uh, the history of this, why Lillian Hellman and Mary McCarthy... Didn't like each other. But first of all, who they were other than that just really dumb thumbnail sketch I gave of them.
2: Okay. Well, I'll talk about Mary a little bit. I've learned a lot researching the show. You are
0: Mary McCarthy. I am
2: Mary McCarthy. Reb okay. is Lillian Hellman. Okay. Um, so the group that you talked about, that that's based on her senior classmates when she went to Vassar at, between 1930 and 1933. Hmm. She wrote it in the 60s, became a movie. But she wrote uh, six or seven novels, but she mostly was known later on, besides the group, she was known mostly for her um, criticism. She was a theater critic, but also a social critic, Mm -hmm. um, and had the reputation of being very tough. She considers herself to be telling the truth. That's her own truth. She, Mm -hmm. She does not put up with what she considers to be untruths, thus the conflict
0: here. Did, she, did she review uh, Lillian Hellman's yes. plays? Uh, so she, here comes she the content.
2: felt Well, it, it, and it, it, she felt that Lillian was a um, melodramatic writer and, and that the plots were melodramatic. But that's not the core of the issue here. Now, let me let, have yeah, <laughs> I play
1: I play Lillian Hellman, and in addition to her plays, she also wrote memoirs. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's the telling of her own life, which involved... Politics and social events, uh, and like any of us, we tell from our own point of view. Mm-hmm. Well, Miss McCarthy's criticism was you made it up. You're a liar.
0: You made your own life.
1: You up. made your own life, and you put yourself in the center of it just so you could be the center of attention. Which of us don't? And she also <laughs> said you're a liar because this isn't the way it happened. And politically, you're you're messing up the system. You're retelling history the way you want it told. So you're the sen- the center. And she called her a liar, and that's what started the conflict between the two of them. Theoretically, they should have been best friends. They were both intellectuals. They were uh, hot tempered and foul mouthed, and they w- were women who got a lot of attention in a, in a Man's world. Yeah.
0: Uh, who is? Yeah. This makes me mad to, to think who is Mary McCarthy to tell Lillian Hellman that your recollections about your own life aren't true. What? Who,
2: who? Well, was she? she was talking about uh, the specifically the the story of Julia, which was made into a movie. If you oh, remember,
0: the, uh, which Julie. Jane
2: Jane Fonda, Jane Fonda, Fonda yeah, and, yeah. and and and. Um, Vanessa Redgrave Redgrave, Redgrave, who won the Academy Award for that performance that year
0: yeah was it was the movie called Julia yes yeah that's right okay
2: but the the story that Lillian has put herself in there as being working you know as this with this spy and doing this intrigue uh, McCarthy checked it out and says well that this is not true and Uh, that actually has been debunked quite a bit, that the story really wasn't true. She did put herself into it. But there's more to it than that, (laughs) because both of these women were really political. Mm -hmm. And in the 30s, they were both um, communists, in in the communist. but when there was the split between Stalin and Trotsky, McCarthy, this is important, McCarthy went with Trotsky, Hellman stuck with the Stalinists, (laughs) And, Uh and that conflict actually was the seed of what happened over the next 30 40 years with Hel- them.
1: Hellman was called before the House and American Activities Committee, uh, as were many artists in mm-hmm. those sure. days. And the it, McCarthy
0: hearings, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes,
1: which some people don't even remember, but it was horrific.
0: Mm-hmm. People
1: were called to testify against friends, to give them up for their political views, as it
0: were. You know what's interesting about that is uh, I think liberals have uh, somehow romanticized those McCarthy hearings a little bit in their own right. Uh, the people who were called be- before those hearings, the House on, on American Activities, they were communists. They, they were some communist sympathizers. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, uh, But, you know, now we have to back off and say, in this country, it was their right to be communists if they so chose. If they wanted to be members of the Communist Party, then they should have that right.
1: And there was a very strong... American Communist Party at during those years. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, anyway, go on with. Uh, so she was called before the House on, on American activities, and and she was she and she was blacklisted. She
1: she um, she was a longtime lover of Dashiell Hammett. He was uh, blacklisted. It, her political or her legal strategy, and it was crafted with her attorney, was that she would be willing to testify about herself providing she didn't have to testify against others, which doesn't sound like much, but it was enormous. Didn't want to give up
0: her friends or her lover. Right,
1: Right, Mm -hmm. Right. which she didn't. It was a strong
2: stand.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: But Hellman made the most of that stand, and now there's, even now, people think, oh, she was the one that broke the back of that committee, but there were people before her, and McCarthy, knows this and she was also angry there were people before her who did exactly the same thing so I think that the idea from a car, so there's a bunch of stuff here yeah. that A they disagreed politically she didn't like her writing that she's getting Hellman's getting all this mileage out of her her standing up to the co- committee and then her there's Academy Awards with her movie, and and McCarthy didn't have the same kind of financial or worldwide success. She, I, was it, she jealous? I think so. Which
0: was was uh, Mary McCarthy ever called? She was a communist. But she was she, not called. She was me. never called before the committee. No. Hmm. Any idea why?
2: I don't know. That's a good question. I've I read her biography, but. She was certainly watching it closely, but no, she was not called. Okay.
1: I think there was a great deal of jealousy between yeah. them. Both uh, They were intellectuals in an era of intellectuals, as opposed to the perhaps the era of, of celebrity that we live in now. Mm-hmm. The intellectual, the tr- your, your mind was your trump card, mm-hmm. and that's what people played in those days. But there was, from a, a, a female point of view also in this era, Mary McCarthy was a beautiful woman. She was mm. beautiful. She was known for her, be- her beauty, and Lillian Hellman was ugly. Oh. That's all there was to it. She was just ugly. She was
0: a. Uh, I I I seem to remember she was kind of a big woman. I mean, a, uh, a burly. No, she was
1: very very. If she was small, bird like, but bird of prey. Oh, she okay. was <laughs> very scrappy, hmm. and but and yet she hmm. began. She developed herself. She was charming, hmm. and she. Um, She had a way with men.
0: Uh, This uh, play, Hellman versus McCarthy, uh, we should uh, tell you it's a Pygmalion theater production, and it's... uh Playing February twenty seventh through March fourteenth, and it's at the Rose Wagner yes, yes, okay. Theater. Uh, tickets are available at Art Ticks. and is it in the smaller?
2: Uh it's in the black box. That's the mid size theater. Yeah,
0: so uh, not a not a lot not a huge audience right. uh, capacity. So uh, tickets will be at a premium, probably. So. Uh,
1: one thing, Bell, I think is interesting. When we first began to study the script, we, we discussed the fact that, is this dated? I mean, who even remembers these women anymore? And yet the concept of memory and putting ourselves in the middle of memory certainly has come to the forefront this. Well, look at William? Brian Williams. Brian Williams.
2: It's, it's, it, yeah. Yes. So it's, he yeah.
1: remembered, and maybe he honestly remembered himself in the middle of that that's what did. that's what hellman claims i I remembered this this is the way this is how i I
0: remembered it right and and i'm sure brian williams did uh you know when it happened he knew what happened but as time went on and he told the story often enough he really what he remembered was that he was in a helicopter that was hit by rocket propelled grenades Mm -hmm. and that's what and you and you feel kind of bad for him don't you um
1: i do yeah So. Sometimes I can't remember where I parked my car when I come out of the grocery store, and I, I do create the stories. I think that's part of who we are as storytellers. Mm -hmm. Tribally, we create stories around our lives' experiences. But to have it come to have someone then call you a liar and and call into account your very life,
2: it it does put a different point of view on it. And the thing that makes this big, she called her a liar, but she called her a liar on television.
0: Now, Mary McCarthy did. Yes, Uh, in an
2: interview with Dick Cavett. Uh,
0: Now, you know, I have to agree with Mary McCarthy about one thing uh, in all of this, and I and I don't know. I I always thought that Lillian Hellman's plays were pretty melodramatic and and overwrought and kind of silly. Uh, but but I then I also tried to consider them in terms of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe they weren't quite as overwrought uh, for the time they were written. Little Foxes and uh, um, the Children's Hour, uh, written in, what, in the fifties, is when they were uh, produced.
2: Children's, children's hours in the thirties, right? Oh,
0: that that yeah. that early.
2: Uh, and right. and that
1: that concept of two teachers with rumor being spread about their affection toward one another,
0: lesbianism, you right? Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then. Uh, 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 the other one uh, about homosexuality, a young man who is is yeah. And, so so at any rate, um, so they, they were controversial at the time, but then they but they are kind of overwrought, and Mary McCarthy saw that and and called it out. Yes. Um. Did, so did these women ever meet? And
2: t- they met. They. They met twice. Once actually met, and that it's in the play a little bit. They met at Sarah Lawrence. They were invited to come and meet students at this cocktail party, and they had a a kind of a shouting match right then and there, and it, and it was over political a political issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they met then, and then there was a the the Waldorf conference on world peace, and and. That was a, a, an attempt for the communists, the Stalinists, to say that there, the the Communist Party in Russia really did support free speech. McCarthy was there with her pals as Trotskyites, and they were banging umbrellas on the floor as a protest during the conference. Hellman was on the dais, uh-huh. and McCarthy was out in the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the thing pounding her umbrella. Free speech, yeah. <laughs> so that's the only two times.
0: Um, did they ever... Um so, so there it was war of words through through writing, and uh, interviews. Yes. Uh, so uh, now the now you are about to tell this story, Dick Cavett, how he got involved in this. Dick Cavett, uh, for those of you who don't remember, and he's still around. Uh, I just heard him interviewed the other day. Uh, he just wrote a book within the last six months or so. Uh, he's a very witty. Uh, guy uh, and, a, and a, a, he had a talk show, which <clears throat> mostly dealt with the intellectuals of the time. Mm. It could also be silly. He had kind of silly people on occasionally, and but it was a talk show that that uh, that dealt with the intellectuals of the time, and and uh, so he interviewed Mary McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And not ever Lillian Hellman? Oh, no. He did. Oh, he, he did. He okay. interviewed
2: both of both them. Both of them, but several, not together. Several times, not together. But
0: no. several times he talked to both of them mm-hmm. separately. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that.
2: Well, well, the interview that is referenced in the play, she had a new book that was coming out. Mary McCarthy. Uh-huh. Called Cannibals and Missionaries, which uh, actually was about a t- terrorists who hijack an airplane. I read it, by the way. Mm-hmm. Dense, a very dense book, but that's what she was pitching. But he had her on, and just to give you a sense of how what a big deal she was, mm-hmm. it was a two-part show. He had her on two nights in a row. She was the only guest.
0: Mm. So, yeah, to, to do yeah. that,
2: I mean, that it really says yeah. something. But he, well, one could argue Mary McCarthy was never at a loss for words. That's she loved, sure. she loved to think, and she loved to talk
1: about loud.
0: Talk. Yeah. Have you have you watched? Is that I assume that interview is available. I tried.
2: I have can't tried, tried to get it. I can't get it. It's a PB. He was on PBS at the time rather than ABC. Oh. Um, but he baits her a little bit, and he's asked because she has a reputation of being very critical and tough and mean and
0: mm-hmm, with mm-hmm, her criticism, mm-hmm.
2: and so he baits her by asking, "Are there any overrated writers?" Well, first she knocks off John Steinbeck.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> and then he kind of keeps her going, and she says, well, yeah, Lillian Hellman. Mm. Every word she writes is a lie. Boom. And there we go. So was this was this
0: the first uh, public volley f- yes. fired? Uh, the first out loud volley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 First out loud volley fired.
2: Right. Right. Although
1: Lillian Hellman would claim that she'd been after her for years. She'd been criticizing her for years and mm-hmm. jealous of her for years. But this was on national television.
0: What's the what's the age difference between these two women? Are they uh, similar in age or? Um,
2: Hellman's older. What is it? About ten years. T- her about ten, se- years ten years. Ten older,
0: years. So. Senior. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, uh, she fires this volley on on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does Lillian Hellman respond to that?
1: She calls her attorney immediately and said, "Let's sue," and she sues for libel. Really. Indeed. Yeah. It is a lawsuit that goes on for years, and it's a lawsuit ar- uh, around which the Supreme Court has paid attention as to what qualifies. How does malice fit into our concept of libel? And and it was in an, in an era where many people were
2: f- filing libel suits. What year was this about? It's between... Uh, in g- the uh, 60s? No, '80s. To, a- oh,
0: this 80s? was in the 80s? Yes. Early
2: 80s. Eighty-two, I think, is when, or eighty-one is when. Maybe eighty-one because she dies in eighty-four, and she.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's about. Yeah. So, so this does it also examine the uh, uh, what's permissible or what's uh, you know uh, you can argue that all of this stuff that Lillian Hellman has written is is within the uh, scope of memoir, Mm -hmm. and that's somehow different than uh, autobiography, and you know.
1: Another issue that was considered is that what is what do can be allowed to be said about a public figure, mm-hmm. and if indeed Lillian Hellman was a public figure, then anything's fair game, and Miss mm-hmm. McCarthy had a right to say whatever she chose in response to mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. public interview. But that was argued in court. Well, with a great deal of um, interest on behalf of the judge, who said, "Hmm, is is she really a public figure? And yet, how could Lillian Hellman not be considered a public figure? But her attorney presented that case.
0: And did Lillian Hellman, Lillian Hellman, ask? Well, of course, I'm a public figure. She was torn. for this case, you are not a public figure. But precisely. Precisely. Right. Yeah. precisely. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh. Uh this is uh, now when this, this play um uh has Dick Cavett on stage with these two women on stage mm-hmm. uh, uh they never did this publicly or never did this in real life um and you say when the when the play has been done before and it's only been done once before and and then it's been toured,
2: toured with the same folks yeah. uh huh
0: Dick Cavett has actually played himself correct I wonder what that's like, I mean, is, have you read anything about him making comments about that and what that must be like for him? I just, I can't, what's he, what, what's he like in this play? What is well, Dick Cabot like in this play?
2: Um, well, in part, very, uh, the, the frame of the play is his get, show. You the you frame gotta, of his play is his show. Right. And so uh, you get to see him, Being his witty, as you say, very witty. Who's the actor that plays him, by the way? His name is Alan Smith. He's from Ogden.
0: Does he try to do kind of a Dick Cavett impression of any sort? I
2: wouldn't say impression exactly, Mm. but certainly the little bit of stutter, because he had a little bit of a stutter. Mm -hmm. uh, The corny jokes, riffing improv, and Alan's very good at that. There's Mm -hmm. there's places where he needs to riff a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But he also gives... as the play moves on he kind of moves into the he's sort of the narrator and the and the memory uh, conduit if you will so it's almost like he moves forward in time in a way and then is looking back describing the these women their careers or experience um, so how does
0: he feel about them do you does he how does he seem to feel about them
2: I think he's I'm afraid s- of them.
0: <laughs> Does he side with one or another? You mean of them? Dick
1: Cavett? Yeah, yeah, Dick Cavett. I think he respected both of them because they were both brilliant. But I, I guarantee you, he did not like Lillian Hellman. Really? She, he, she did not endear
2: herself to many people, including Mr. Cavett. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I don't know how Mr. Cavett felt about Mary McCarthy personally. There's, and I don't have an indication of that. But he has said he has said publicly. <laughs> he didn't have a lot of affection William
0: Hellman was a bitch <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> what that's
2: pretty much what he what most people
0: felt yeah. God that's fascinating um, what see is is that uh, does the play try to set up some kind of a pretext as to why the how these women come together or they just come together in dick Cabot's mind somehow or
2: no we see what we see is uh, McCarthy come on the show. you see a piece of the interview and that's what kicks it off.
0: And is it an actual transcript of the...
2: Um, to a point. I yeah. mean, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, although transcript in preparation for the show many of the actors did I mean, all of the actors did great research in reading the memoirs and the plays mm-hmm. and, and the, even the director even brought the transcripts from the trial the depositions Yes. Mm-hmm. Cavett's deposition and Mary McCarthy's deposition and Lillian's deposition so the research into the background just to actu- what actually happened and then translating that so it holds the interest on stage has been really fun uh, yeah.
0: There's uh, there are other actors in this play besides Lillian Hellman, uh, uh, played by uh, Rebecca Fleming, and uh, Barb Gandy as uh, Mary McCarthy. Uh, Alan Smith is Dick Cavett. Now, there's a, a character named Ryan Hobbs, played by William Richardson. Jeffrey Owen plays Lester Marshall, and Jeremy Chase plays Burt Fielding. Mm-hmm. Burt Fielding, I recognize that name. Um, well, he
2: was my attorney. He was McCarthy's attorney. Lester uh, Marshall is Helly. Hellman's attorney, uh-huh. and what's interesting about Lester Marshall, he also he, talk about a flip, he uh, defended Lenny Bruce Ah, so interesting Yeah, and then the Ryan Hobbs character that's Hellman's nurse And in, he's in, charming, oh.
1: he's loving and charming and Hellman spent her entire life a, a, a major portion of her life defending free speech and Promoting free speech. So to turn at the end of her life and call a halt to or call into question legally, a national question, Mary McCarthy's right for, to free speech, tarnished, Mary, tarnished Lillian Hellman's career her, and, and her memory totally. In fact, most many people, if they remember her at all, remember her for the horrific lawsuit. And which almost bankrupt Mary McCarthy. Right. And it ruined Lillian Hellman's, um, those few who did hold her with affection, backed off and many people sided with Mary McCarthy.
0: It bankrupt, almost bankrupted Mary McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: She didn't have deep pockets. Huh. And uh, it, and as that suit drug on, it, it, it yeah. almost bankrupted her. Yeah.
0: Um, it you know I'm just reading the the uh, uh, you, uh, the uh, little blurb that you brought me about the play two literary lionesses pitted against each other in Hellman versus McCarthy a witty and revealing dark I don't think we've really adequately um, expressed that this is comedy dark comedy mm-hmm.
2: uh,
0: pretty funny huh
1: There are moments that are funny it's they egg each other on, and they're, they're they are funny.
2: Well, they're very witty, and and Hellman is so sharp, and uh, and the play the playwright has done such a great job, it just snaps along. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their jabs and their witticisms and their satire are f- funny, are shockingly funny. Sometimes it's a shock kind mm-hmm. of funny. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
0: It's uh is it uh, uh, is it is it all in one act uh one long piece? Yes. yes. Uh, so you don't there's no break for intermission. There's no right. intermission. Um, uh, so um when uh when you do this what is there what do you hope that people come away with? Do you have some I mean other than just being entertained? uh is there is there what uh, man may, I, I wish the director were here in a way because that's kind of a director's question, but <laughs> what do you what do you think that uh, people should come away with
2: for me there's two things uh, on a larger level that discussion the discussion of free speech itself mm-hmm. where do you draw the line I, especially in this day and age where you know boom it's on your Twitter it's bang I mean whatever anybody's saying or doing it's out there is it true is it validated we don't know we'll throw it out there. Mm-hmm. So I hope that discussion happens. Then on the other level, I hope that they folks go out and go, wow, I want to read a book by Mary McCarthy. I've never heard of her. This, she sounds really interesting. I want to go read these memoirs that, that Hellman wrote. I want to go see her plays. I wanted, I hope that that's the second layer, that they'll go explore these two women.
0: Do people uh, produce those plays much anymore?
2: Babcock just did, the Children's Hour. They did? like yeah. Like two weeks ago. <laughs>
0: I didn't. I, I. did not. I didn't see that uh, that was being done.
1: Yeah, indeed huh. they do. They're, they're still drawn to them, and I hope, much like Barb, that the concept of, of free speech that we we have a right to say what we want to, but we also have a responsibility, or do we? And that's what I hope this will call into question: to filter. Our thoughts, and wherein lies our responsibility to not say everything we think, and how might it affect other people? Mm -hmm. And I think it's that right and responsibility balance that we need to call into question.
0: Was there ever, um, ever a time uh, as this went on, ever a time that there was any kind of a an acknowledgement from either one of these women that
2: not historically, no, no. Who
0: who went first? Who died first? Lillian Hellman? Yes. yes. I think Reb raises her hand. <laughs> I, I went. It was me. I went.
1: It was her death that um, brought about the end of the lawsuit.
2: Right. Uh,
0: and uh, and then uh, Mary McCarthy. And what and uh, what kind of a legacy did they leave? Is there Oh. You know, did they?
1: I think it was significant. They were two women of great letter and word. They crafted word and thought. And Mary McCarthy's books are still read and talked about. Lillian Helmut's plays are still produced. Mm and yet it's the greater issue of the lawsuit did leave them a legacy because they were women of words they argued at last about words so i think the legacy is great and because they were women in a man's world right they it was a it was a position they held and they held with power and neither one of them ever wanted to be known as a woman writer, a woman playwright. It was irrelevant to them. Yeah. Right. Right. And interesting, too, that that they were both, they both lived during the feminist movement and thought it, in some ways, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Hellman's position would have been, and she stated it, I don't care who opens the door for me. I don't care who does the dishes. Let me know how much money you make. (laughs) Let him open the door. Mm -hmm. What matters is how much money you can make. You've got the right as a a female to make money. That's all that matters.
0: Dashiell Hammett was her uh, longtime... 31 years. Love lover. And that was that was her main relationship? No no children?
1: She had no children, but it was definitely not her main relationship. She was um, she had many relationships with men. And after Dashiell's death, she had a long-time relationship with a young man, 25 years her junior, who I've played. This is my second opportunity to play Lillian Hellman. I played her in Cakewalk, and the young man that played my lover... Uh, Cuff now is directing this play, ah. so it's a reunion of great love for the two of us.
0: Well, <laughs> and, and this and he, uh, what's his name, Lane uh, Lane Richens uh, He he has he's got a thing for Lillian Hellman.
2: He loves <laughs> Lillian Hellman. <laughs> and
0: how about Mary McCarthy? What uh, sort of just personal legacy did she leave?
2: Well, there's the, beyond her her books and she wrote um, her memoirs, which are really re- interesting. Um, one is called Memories of a Catholic Girlhood. She had an incredible growing up. She was born in Seattle, had this kind of crazy ne'er-do-well mother and father, and they died of the influenza. They died within a day of each other. So then she went. She was shipped to aunt and uncle in Seattle who abused her. <laughs> I mean, just crazy. And Then back to Seattle, lived with grandparents. So Then she goes back east and, and, uh, and goes to school. Mm-hmm. But she had four... She was married four times. (laughs) Yeah. Many, many lovers. Yeah. Lived with people. I mean, 1938, 39, she's living with people. And, you know, folks are all shocked by that. But Mm -hmm. you know what? She was a radical. Yeah. And and she was known as a radical. Not not a slut. A radical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just how it was. She was an
0: early champion of birth control, I believe, wasn't she? And...
2: uh, I think that she did write about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then... Other things in her later life, she wrote two travel books that are about Venice and about uh, Florence. Mm -hmm. She covered for the New Yorker, I believe the New Yorker, she covered, uh, she went to South Vietnam during the war. She went to North Vietnam during the war. So she did war correspondence. Mm -hmm. She covered some of the Nixon uh, Watergate. Mm -hmm. So she had, she did journalistic stuff like that. I mean, really heavy, dense kind of coverage. And uh, and it would be—it's worth it to go back and read that stuff because she was covering those things and on a high, high level. Yeah.
0: Um, I see that uh, uh, in the picture uh, here, uh, uh, Lillian Hellman is uh, smoking a cigarette and uh, drinking some bourbon—looks like or scotch,
1: <laughs>
2: scotch—and
0: uh, 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 Mary McCarthy is having a cup of tea.
2: <laughs> well, don't let that fool you. <laughs>
0: That's full of booze, there, is it? <laughs> were they both hard-drinking women? Both,
2: they were. Uh, McCarthy, in fact, in her younger years, she ran into big trouble because of her drinking. Mm. Um, in her later years, there's this is from her biography. She talks about how she, she had to cut down to ten cigarettes a day because of her health. But that's helping cut down to four packs, four packs. a day. <laughs> Hellman smoked
1: four packs a day until the day she died, which is interesting oh on, on stage because Hellman was never without a cigarette in her hand. So it it's...
0: How do you do that? I,
1: I, well, I t- we've chosen to do that legally. There's no, you, you cannot smoke on stage anymore. Thank goodness for everyone's sake. But we simply do that the same way the audience sits and disbelieves that mm-hmm. the, the, anything else about the theater. She's got a cigarette in her hand. And as far as we're concerned, it's lit. It's
0: yeah. you just have an unlit cigarette in your that, hand right. all, all the time. time. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. and she yeah.
1: smokes it all yeah. the time. Right.
0: Just, just, just kind of does. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Is he, is he, really, you can't ha- do a lit cigarette anymore. No longer,
2: no, you can't even do e-cigarettes anymore. Right now, in Utah, uh, you can't do e-cigarettes.
0: Uh. <laughs> oh well. I mean, I guess you know, smoking on stage is it's it's deleterious to the audience as well. It you know it's.
2: I know, but you know. I th- if I can throw in an opinion here, I think the e-cigarette Please. thing is a beautiful. Solution to that problem, but because
0: you can't really smell the well, it's it's vapor and not
2: smoke. But um, okay, I'll get off my high horse. And it looks like
0: you're smoking, so you should be able to do do that. But
2: by law or whatever, fiat. Yes, fiat. (laughs) (laughs) We're not allowed to do that.
0: Well, I'll tell you my story about meeting Dick Cavett. Oh, Uh, I was at uh, Penn State University, and he was uh, on a college tour with Groucho Marx. and uh, he he um, so so he'd brought Groucho to to Penn State, and I guess Groucho was at the hotel or you know resting before they were going and and Dick Cavett came over to the theater department for some reason, I don't know, just to hang around or say hi to somebody he knew there or something uh, And I didn't know he was going to be there, and I was walking. Down the hall, and I, I came around a corner, and there was Dick Cavett standing there. And I, and I'm a short man, and uh, Dick Cavett is a very short man. And I came around the corner, and I went, "Dick, Dick Cavett," and he went, "Hello there." And I said, "My God, you're really short." And he said, "Why don't you go fuck yourself?" <laughs> And Sorry. I said, "We got to tell Ellen this." Stuff. <laughs> and I said, "Well, I, I mean, you know." And he said, "You're—you're you're not tall either." And I said, "Well, I just—I'm just." I'm just surprised. And he said, "No, I know." I just—and I said, "I apologize." He said, "No, no need to apologize." <laughs> <laughs> so that was That's me good. meeting Dick Cavett. That's you know, good. <laughs> I, I mean, I was just surprised at how actual how short he is. He was shorter. I think he's shorter than I am. He's—he's hmm. he's a very diminutive man. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's my Dick Cavett story. My brief meeting, and I didn't get to see him with Groucho either, oh, dang. which <laughs> was apparently a wonderful.
1: I've, I've heard they were very good friends. Yeah,
0: yeah, they were. Well, and they would—they just did college tour, and they would sit on stage, and and Dick would encourage Groucho to tell stories, and that was, you know, well, well why don't you, Groucho, why don't you tell them the one about? Uh, you think they really want to hear that story? <laughs> well, all right, I'll tell that. You know, it was. That kind of thing. Um, it's uh, called Hellman versus McCarthy. Uh, it's a play by Brian Richard Morey. Uh, and uh, it's uh, directed by Lane Richens, Pygmalion Theater Production. Uh, Rose Wagner Performing Arts Center, which is just uh, right over there. Oh, it's right down there. Right down there? Right down there. Uh, it's uh, g- going on February 27th through March 14th. Tickets at Ticks. Eight zero one three five five 355 arts or arctics.org. Uh Pygmalion Theater, how many productions a year? Six or seven? They, uh, do no, they do we, that many? We,
2: we usually do three full three. stage productions and then uh, we'll offer readings or, or different things during the year but three main stage productions a year.
0: If people are interested in finding out more about just Pygmalion Theater, what do they do?
2: They go to pygmalionproductions.org
0: uh, any, what's coming up in, do you, do we know what's coming up next for Pygmalion? Yes. After this? Oh, I'm
2: happy to talk about that. It's, uh, Julie Jensen, a Utah playwright. Mm-hmm. Name of the play is Mockingbird. And it, 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 um, it was commissioned by the Kennedy Center, uh, Children's, uh, Educational. hmm Uh, group, department, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. they are. Uh, so it first went, it had a production in Washington, D.C. in January under the direction of Tracy Callahan. hmm hmm and then she's directing the production for us as well. And that opens in April. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're thrilled to do it. It's about a, a young girl. She's t- 10, 12 in there who's autistic. Mm-hmm. The play is written from her viewpoint, how her world looks from her viewpoint. Mm. Um, it's a really wonderful script mm-hmm. so uh, go to our website and you can find out more about that a too. wonderful script and an, and an incredible opportunity both to w- see a Utah playwright
1: and to see the beautiful work of Tracy Callahan who is a brilliant director mm-hmm.
0: and uh, what what's next for you reb fleming
1: i don't know you don't know i don't know lane and i have um, something at a uh, uh, the
0: director of this. yes
1: we are, we're talking about a one woman show. Only About
0: Lillian Hellman?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually um, uh, it's it's a one man show. Only Lane said, want to do this, Reb? So we're looking at a...
0: A one man show starring Reb Fleming?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, like, Maybe that's next. I like <laughs> that idea. Oh, I kind of liked it too. Cigar smoking guy. <laughs>
0: Are you going to play Groucho? No. <laughs> uh, uh, please uh, tickets, if you would, uh, for uh, Hellman versus McCarthy, uh, February twenty seventh, March through March fourteenth. Uh, it's uh, I, I've seen Reb work. I've seen Barb work now that I remember, and uh, it's uh, it it should be very good and um, powerful women duking it out. on stage Uh, thanks for taking some time with us here thanks
2: thank you Bill
0: Uh, I want to thank our our good friends here at the uh, at at our cafe here at 50 West uh, the cafe at 50 West Broadway Uh, they gave us some fresh baked cookies and some nice coffee and uh, it's where we like to record a lot of our shows here on the Let's Go Eat show I'm Bill Allred Uh, I'll be back again whenever we do another one of these and remember if you're pouring the drinks always make mine a double.